Welcome to Train Descendant. I'm Raya, and I'm the daughter. And I'm Joe, and I'm the dad. We've got an interesting email this week, and I thought this would be a good topic for us, you and I, to talk about here. Uh, let's just dive right in, and I'll read the email, and then we can get in a little bit. This was some feedback that we got. From one of our regular listeners, I guess. It says, Dear Raya and Joe, I've been enjoying your podcast and the discussions the two of you have been having about LGBT issues in families. I appreciate Raya's openness about the challenges she has faced in transitioning and Joe's unconditional acceptance as a father. I've learned a lot from listening to you and I appreciate seeing you model a healthy family relationship. Now that said, I also wanted to express concern about some of the topics that you've covered and the LGBT agenda. While I understand the desire to preserve relationships when somebody comes out, I believe there are certain lines that should not be crossed. For example, drag queen story hour is inappropriate for children. It's just pushing an agenda onto them at a young age. I also have concerns about things like allowing transgender women to compete in women's sports. And I believe in the sanctity of marriage as a fundamental aspect of our society. And I'm concerned that you are undermining these important values that I hold so closely. And I wonder if you would consider addressing these concerns on your podcast. Thank you for creating a space where these conversations can happen. And I look forward to continuing to listen to your podcast. Sincerely, John S. Okay, so now I do think that John S. is, because I don't know who it is, I do think is a regular listener because he started out at the beginning saying, I enjoy your podcasts, plural. So I think he is a regular listener. And, and, and thank you, John, for the feedback because we really we want to encourage you all to uh, give us feedback on anything we say or do or what we haven't addressed that you'd like us to. Thank you, John. Yes, I, I appreciate this this email, and we appreciate all of the emails that we've gotten. If you'd like to email us, you can email transcendent at gmail.com. This was certainly a, a challenging email. Well, i tell you what's challenging for me. I don't have any idea what what Drag Queen Story Hour is. Drag I have not heard of this. Is this a, what, a TV show or what? So, that's and, and we talked a little bit about this before the podcast, and I said, let's save it for our discussion when we yeah. get into the podcast. I don't know this. So, in, and I have to confess, I'm not super up on this either, but there are places in the country where uh, public libraries have gotten together and have said, you know, we want to be more inclusive and we want to for kids to be able to see a different perspective uh, on things. And so we're going to have drag queens g get into their full outfit. And c outfit is probably not, you can tell, I am not well versed in drag culture at all. <laughs> no, no. Um, uh, there's probably a name for, but anyway, get into full drag and then come in and read stories to the kids with the idea. My understanding has always been uh, it's, it is helping kids to understand that um, uh, drag queens and everyone in the LGBTQ plus community, we're just normal people. How come I never heard about this? <laughs> 
until now. I never heard about it till today when you read that letter. I, I have no clue what this is. Now, I'm, I'm almost 80 years old. I've been around the world, literally. I've been to a lot of places. Never once have I even heard of such a thing as Drag Queen Story Hour. Well, they are things that are happening more and more frequently. And I think... Many people are concerned about it that, you know, it's, I think it started off first of all in larger cities and then it's been going as more and more people have heard about it, but then there's also backlash about it. And it's frequently what I will see as a, it's kind of one of the hot button issues that gets talked about now Mm -hmm. of, of the way that oftentimes, and thank, I'm glad that John didn't use this language, but oftentimes we'll see. Uh, words like grooming that they're gr- they're trying to groom kids oh yeah to to become and i don't even quite fully understand um what the whole argument is but i would say my first thought on this one is that's exactly what it is is it's it's a non-issue when we are talking about lgbtq plus issues we're talking about how can i as a member of our family, live in society. And I am hardly concerned about all of these fringe things that may happen. Now, maybe there's parts of the country where this is not a fringe thing and it's happening frequently. But my biggest concern is I don't want, regardless of what you think about that, I don't want that to color uh, your opinion of me or of a gay or lesbian couple or of anybody else in the LGBTQ plus community. Well, you said in just an earlier podcast, uh, not long ago, you said you're at the point now where um, you are totally accepted. And as as a woman, they, they see you that way. They know you as that way. And, they're, and, and at some point, uh, it, it's, it's a non-issue uh, for anyone who hasn't known you before. And so I still don't get this. I don't get why. What's the motivation for them to do this? I can see why somebody might say it's to try to groom them. But what, what is the motivation? Why, why would you want to have a story? It's story hour, I would guess, would be for young kids. So I just did a Google search to look at drag queen story hours, and I found some information. Um, drag queen performers read children's books to young audiences and their families. Uh, the books that are read are oftentimes featuring LGBTQ plus characters. Um, it was originally developed by author and activist Michelle T in 2015. Um, T has said she came up with the concept as a child-friendly way to introduce her young son to LGBTQ plus culture. Um, she said children love larger than life magical characters and drag queens have the biggest hearts and most creative minds. Now, it goes on to talk about some of the criticism. One wishes to preserve children's innocence, and they feel like this is just sexualizing children or exposing children to things that are unduly uh, sexual in nature. So that's, in a nutshell, a very, very quick summary of the issue. Okay. And it's a talking point that I do see come up from time to time. Now, my thought is that probably most of the people that are frustrated about this have probably never seen a drag show because there's a a popular view. First of all, drag is not trans. Those are separate things. 
Um, I am certainly not drag at all. Drag is way over the top. Drag yes. is mostly, it's a big part of gay culture. And typically it is gay men that are imitating icons and divas of the past like Diana Ross or Madonna or Beyonce. And oftentimes wearing big flowing gowns and it's just very showy and theatrical and, and over the top. It is really not, I mean, it can be sexualized in some context, I suppose. If you're in a gay bar and they're doing it on a Saturday night, I'm sure there's some aspect of that. But in general, it seems much more like watching musical theater than it does to me. Like you're watching something that's sexualized. That doesn't even feel to me. Well, like, since I've never heard of this before... I'm I'm kind of with the writer here. I'm not all that excited about the whole idea of doing this because I, I don't see where it's anything that's grooming. I can't see where that's the case. However, I also can't see that it's something that, first of all, I think in some cases, people who are looking for reasons to criticize this community, they're giving them ammunition. What's the point? I can remember when I was a kid, I think Melanie had a book called something about two mothers, and I thought it was fine. And that's a lot different from what you're talking about. Well, and I'm certainly not going to defend. I don't like drag personally. Anytime that I've been at a drag show, I've thought, I'm not. this is not anything that I care much about. Uh, But I'm... I think that it is very, very much a part of traditional gay culture. Hmm. And what I hear when somebody says that they they have concerns about this is that my culture as a straight person is fine to have kids immersed in. But as soon as you bring your culture and and you want to have kids on a voluntary basis be immersed in your culture as a part of the LGBTQ community... I'm not so into that. And that's where I start to think, well, I, that makes me a little bit nervous because then what about all of the gay men that are parents? Do they not get to have their children know that side of their lives? I don't know. But my point would be, regardless of whether or not we, and we can agree to disagree on that, but the point is it shouldn't matter in the wider context of human rights and of family members. To me, when I think of LGBTQ kids getting thrown out of their parents' homes and becoming homeless, and I hear somebody say, well, what about Drag Queen Story Hour? That to me seems like we're talking about the wrong issues here. Right, exactly. Uh, That's why I would kind of object to it, because it's creating an issue where there isn't an issue. So let's talk about the the next one that John brings up is what about transgender athletes? This is another one you hear a lot of people talking about. Yeah, it's becoming more of an issue lately. And and so what do we have to say about that? What are you, let's start with you on this. What are your thoughts about transgender athletes? Well, in most cases, it really doesn't have a major effect on Things like, say, high high school athletics or something like that. But on a professional level, where if you've if you've had the 
the uh, uh, someone who is competing for the gold medal um, at that level, does it make a difference? I don't know. And I'm, I'm not, I'm really not versed enough to be able to know whether or not that would, would make a difference in who's going to win. I, I, I just, I, I don't know enough about that, and I'm not sure society does. I, I don't feel like I know enough about it, and I've heard people talk about it, and everybody that I've heard talk about it, I think, I don't feel like you've given me enough information for me to fully understand right. it. But here is here's my concern, is everybody that I hear talking about this issue has never cared once about a high school track competition in Maine ever. I've never heard them talk about track competitions or girls competition or anything. But one time uh, a transgender girl wins some race or wins a swimming race or something happens and all of a sudden of all of the different issues that we can talk about about transgender things that's the one that you want to talk about? To me, my concern is Regardless of what where we come down on the issue itself, why is that the one that's getting the spotlight? When, to me, you know, you you see the statistics, and there is a much higher rate of attempted suicide among transgender people. And you want to talk about a transgender girl winning a sport somewhere in the country? You see transgender people being fired from their jobs with no repercussions in parts of the country because there's no legal protection. And you want to talk about some high school kid that won a thing. That's where I get frustrated because it's not, regardless of what the issue is, regardless of where we come down on that, it just feels like a, a real failure to understand where the emphasis needs to be when we're talking about transgender things. If you hear about transgender issues and your most important concern is, well, what about sports? I I just have to, to wonder, how much do you really care about transgender people? Yeah, you're making you're making a good point. I understand it. And I I can see why people don't understand it. Mostly, I think it is uh, lack of of uh, knowledge all the way around, including me, including you. We really don't know whether or not that is something that absolutely is going to make a difference in a person. You know, one of the things that I appreciated the most when I transitioned is nobody was expecting me to know anything about sports any longer. <laughs> yeah, you are and, remember you said that. And and that's you know, not everybody feels that way, but for me it was just really nice that I can now say I don't know anything about <laughs> football or anything and nobody thinks twice about it. Yeah. But why is it that I am expected to somehow defend this or be, you know, that that's where I get concerned. I don't care about sports, but I do care a lot about transgender rights and, and, and issues, there, right? I just want to live my life. But I also want to point out, too, with transgender sports, it's not just as easy as saying, well, we're not going to allow this. Because here's an interesting story. This is stuck with me. This is from still a few years ago. 
Um, but back in um, 2017 and 2018, of course, the state of Texas has very conservative views about trans people in sports. And they said, transgender girls compete in men's sports, which also means that transgender boys, this is this is uh, somebody that was born female and is transitioning to male. Transgender boys must compete with the girls. And in 2017 and 2018, the number one girls wrestling champion of the high school sports was a transgender boy, Mac Beggs. And many people saw this when I remember when the story came out and they said, see, look, this is the problem with transgender kids in sports. And Mac said, I remember reading a quote from him and he said, no, no, you think I'm transitioning to become a woman. I'm not. I don't want to be wrestling against the girls. I want to wrestle against the boys because I'm taking testosterone and it's not fair for me to be wrestling against the girls. It's a stupid law that makes me wrestle this way. Yeah. And, and people misunderstood what was going on. So it's not easy. It's not a simple issue of just eliminate transgender people from competing. So he felt that was hard to pin him down, huh? <laughs> I guess he did. <laughs> Third thing that John talked about here is the sanctity of marriage and the concern that, well, what happens if we allow... Now, this one, I assume, is kind of talking about um, in 2015, uh, the Congress said that gay and lesbian couples can get married and some of those kinds of issues. I assume that that's kind of where John is talking about it. I've heard people say this, that uh, gay relationships are tearing at the fabric of society. And what I would say is, when have you ever seen any gay person wreck any kind of fabric? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I do understand the concerns there, but I don't fully understand because we live in a society where we're free. Well, we you... also live in a society where today, you know, this wasn't the case when I was young, but today a man and woman can live together for their entire life, sometimes 10 years, sometimes 20 years or 30 years before they get married, or sometimes they don't get married at all. Where's the sanctity of marriage? It's less and less than it used to be. It's not a real major issue anymore as far as, in fact, I think it's around only 50% of the people who are families are actually married. I, I may be wrong about that statistic, but I know it's close. Back when I was young, it was back in the 50s, uh, it was uncommon to hear of somebody. In fact, if they were living together and weren't married, that would have been very controversial. They would Scandalous. have hit it. It would have hit. They would have hidden it from anyone. Sure, very different times. Uh -huh. Very different times, and obviously, our whole culture has changed. Yeah, uh, uh, with this. But that's a really good point. Is that here again? What What is more of a concern to our society is two loving men together in a committed marriage. Is that tearing apart society or are families that are breaking apart and the parents hate each other and tell the kids all the time, you know, don't listen to your dad. He's such a jerk or don't listen to your mom. Which of those two is worse? Which of those two is hurting children more? Which is worse for relationships? 
And a lot of people back in the 50s that I, I can remember that really didn't like each other at all, but wouldn't get divorced because there was such a stigma against it. Instead, they wanted to preserve the sanctity of marriage, which there was no sanctity there. No, no. And that's where I feel like what you and I are promoting, Dad, is we want, regardless of where what you think about these things, and these are challenging issues. All of these things that we've talked about are challenging issues. And we can all have different opinions about them. But those issues don't have to come between us. We can still support one another. We can still love one another. We can still maintain our family relationships. Well, I, that's exactly what I'm thinking. And I'm, I'm thinking that um, not only supporting relationships, but that's our podcast is about preserving the relationship, keeping, keeping uh, the relationship in families together. And that's what it's about. And nobody talks about the sanctity of families. They can mention the sanctity of marriage, but the sanctity of families is what we're really pushing here. And, you know, I don't think I know anyone, and I happen to know quite a few people, and I don't think I know anyone where I have no disagreements. But the reason I have a large circle of friends is I get along with them all. And that's what we need to do here. We want to get along with you. We don't have to always agree. And when we disagree, we can disagree without being disagreeable. And that preserves the relationship as well. So I hope you're preserving your relationships with your family right now, whether you are uh, a father or a son or a mother and a, or a daughter, and you have disagreements about things, start first with what do you agree with? If you agree with only one thing, begin with that and work together to maintain a loving relationship with each other. It's what we're all about. And we're hoping you, listener, are all about the same thing. We'll hear You'll hear from us again next week. Thank you for tuning in. And yes, we will talk to you next week. 